Now, because I know you all, I'm going to ask for a response during my sermon, but I feel like we better practice. <laughs> so I have three responses that I'm going to ask of you, and I'm going to start with the one that may maybe you're feeling right now, which is, uh-oh. Everybody say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. And then the second one is, my turn. Everybody say, my turn. My turn. And the last one is, love. Can you say love? Love. All right, now you're ready. <laughs> so the Bible is many things, divinely inspired, the stories of our faith, a genealogy, literature, so much the book of our people. It holds story and prophecy. And the content therein is usually serious and important, heavy. Generally, or maybe always, it is not sweet. Sweet in the modern context, you know, new love, great candy, two children playing carefree. We know those things must have existed through time, but the Bible doesn't devote much to that storyline. But then we start planning weddings, and we need readings that are adequately sweet while not being the scandalous love of the Song of Solomon. <laughs> I had to go digging for something that was that would explain my point without being scandalous in this setting. So can you imagine Aunt Ethel clutching her pearls when a bridesmaid reads one of the tamer verses in the Song of Solomon? Come, my love, let's go to the field. Let's spend the night among the henna blossoms. Right? There's a whole lot of the Song of Solomons that isn't necessarily church-friendly. So we pick 1 Corinthians 13 because it's all about love and it is not scandalous. If you've only ever been to one wedding, whether it was in a church or not, it's quite likely that this was one of the readings. In 2005's Wedding Crashers, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson play friends who sneak into weddings to meet vulnerable women, which didn't sound so gross 15 years ago. In one scene, they are whispering to one another during the ceremony and betting on various parts of the service. Owen Wilson says, this bride's gonna be a crier. And Vince Vaughn says, nah. And she gets up to the front and she turns and looks at her soon to be husband and she just starts crying. They go double or nothing on the scriptures and Vince, Vaughn, Vince Vaughn's shoulders slump when the maid of honor begins, a reading from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. In the 2008 movie, 27 Dresses, the protagonist played by Katherine Heigl loves weddings, so much so that she's been a bridesmaid 27 times. She loves them, she says, and talks about the hope and sweetness that weddings encapsulate. Her foil, James Marsden, cynically retorts, love is patient, love is kind, love means slowly losing your mind. <laughs> This scripture is so tied to weddings that it's jarring for me when it pops up in the lectionary as it does today. But here's the thing about Paul, who is credited with this letter. Paul would have been more James Marsden than Katherine Heigl. Just a few chapters earlier in 1 Corinthians, Paul encourages, now to the unmarried and widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, 
for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. You hear it, right? If you can't control yourself, then for all things holy, get married. But it's better to be like me, Paul, that is, and not get married. So it borders on humorously ironic that one of, the many, one of many people's few interactions with the Bible is through Paul's reading at weddings. But Paul's intentions are only jarring when we take them out of context. Remember that Paul isn't writing to a young couple. He is writing letters to budding Christian communities. He wasn't talking to me and my husband at our wedding. He was talking to you and me right here, right now, to a group of people who looked, well, not exactly like this, but kind of like this, who were gathered for the same reason we're gathered. How about that? Love has to be, oh, wait a minute. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love has to be the motivation for our faith, the backbone of our lives, the reason we do all the things we do because we are Christians. Hey, Trinity. Hey, Christians. Hey, wanderers and searchers and thinkers. It is all about loving our sisters and brothers and God. If it is not, we are noisy gongs, clanging cymbals, nobodies with nothing. Sure, get married if you have to. That's not Paul's concern. Live a life of love. That is everything. Live a life of love. Someone say love. Love. Love is the reason, Trinity. Someone say love. Love. And that is the kind of love that the prophecies promised of the Messiah. From last week's gospel, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The promise is that Jesus, the Messiah, will be the embodiment of love. Because when he comes, when love is our motivation and backbone, the beginning and end of how we live, It will be the best news for those who have it the worst. The poor, the captives, the sick, the oppressed. Love will not allow us to look past their suffering. Love requires us to help and change. And that help and change makes all of us better. And while scripture is seldom sweet, there is one major consistent through line. When the prophets tell us change is coming, when they tell us to do better or promise that things are going to get better, our response should always be, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Our response should always be, "Uh uh-oh. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. Jesus tells the worshipers that the prophecy is fulfilled and they are amazed. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. 
Jesus knows they have heard about what he is doing and says, All you will, and you will say, do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did in Capernaum. But it is not that easy, he seems to say. They don't get it. If there are poor captives, sick and oppressed, then the people are not doing their jobs. Someone say, uh-oh. uh-oh. He reminds them that in Elijah and Elisha's times, widows and lepers were the only ones allowed into heaven. The unclean ones, the foreign people, those who were abandoned. Heaven was open for them, but not for those who believed themselves to be chosen. Jesus came, God's love, to show us what love looks like in human form. Your turn, Jesus seems to say. 2,000 years later, we have read scriptures and heard sermons. Your turn, Jesus says. Someone say, my turn. It's okay if it gets a little stuck in your throat. That's why we practiced. It gets stuck in my throat, too. Someone say, my turn. Even back then, in the temple with Jesus, they are beginning to feel what it means to be their turn. Uh-oh, they realize. Someone give me an uh-oh. When they heard this, all were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off a cliff. Change is scary, friends. Love is all-encompassing and can be painful and dangerous. And sometimes it feels like the only thing we can do is toss the powerful, scary idea right off the cliff. Except love doesn't work like that. He passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Paul tells us that love is patient, love is kind, Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own ways. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is true in a relationship between two people, but also in community. What would the world look like if everyone were kind? Jesus came to show us how to live all these things with one another. It is in Jesus that we saw what mature faith could and would look like. The things that break us down are childish and beneath us. If there are poor, sick, captive, and oppressed among us, then we need to say, "Uh uh-oh. We know it to be true, so someone say, "Uh uh-oh. And Jesus came for us, for them, and he looks to us to say, your turn. Someone be brave enough to say, my turn. Say it again, my turn. Because Paul says, love never ends, and God is with us through it all. For now I know only in part Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. Someone say love. Love. Amen.